this is Jim Reynolds, and I am here with Pastor Nate Hellman today, and you have made it onto the Christian Life Empowerment Podcast. So thank you for joining us today, and boy, we have had some wild times in the last couple of weeks, haven't we, Pastor Nate? We have, yeah. Things have changed rapidly, and uh, fortunately the smoke is cleared, but uh, yeah, we've had some challenges and some really cool opportunities put before us. Yeah, well, it, some of you may not know, Pastor Nate and I live in the Pacific Northwest, Portland, Oregon, to be exact, or we're suburb of Portland. And so, to say that we've had some weird things happen in the last couple of weeks is really saying something. <laughs> because, I mean, we have gone from the coronavirus to to the, the, the uprisings in downtown Portland to, you know, what have you. And all of a sudden, we have these fires coming down on us from out of the hills. I mean, we were in level one for I don't know what, almost two weeks here in Gladstone, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A good solid week. Uh, all of Clackamas County, actually, the county where we're at, was in level one, which was get ready. And so everybody was kind of watching the map um, over the course of that first week. It was the week of the, um, oh, it was September 6th through uh, through 9 when the, when the fires were really coming through. Yeah. Well, yeah. and then just right across the Clackamas River and right across the freeway in Oregon City, they're level two. So yeah. it isn't like, you know, we're level one, yes, but right across the river and right across the freeway, it's level two. Matter of fact, I rode my bike the other day on the other side of the Clackamas River. I went over the High Rocks Bridge and I went behind the pond. You can see the big burned out area where wow. there was a big fire right over there. I mean, just right there. And so, yeah, we had that huge win on Tuesday, Tuesday morning. That's we right. had a huge win that was, what, 60, 70 mile an hour gusts, blowing trees over, blowing trees into power lines, power lines starting fires, and, and you had huge fires all over the place, fires coming together. And, and it just got really crazy and scary, and I mean, smoke was everywhere, so much that you could barely see 50 yards, it seemed like, at times. And you look up at the sun, you'd have to, I remember there were a couple times where I, we'd look up at the sun, we'd look for it. We'd have to try to find the sun, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> How many times have you had to try to find the sun? Um, so it was, you know, in a crazy year of 2020, it has just, it's been a crazy couple of weeks. But yeah. in these couple of weeks and through this craziness, I just want to, Boy, I am so proud of the Oregon Conference, the Oregon Seventh-day Adventist Conference. Because yeah. here in the Oregon Conference, we have a huge camp meeting every year that we didn't have this year because of coronavirus. And right. so I am not sure how many um, trailer spots with full hookups there is there at the Oregon Conference office in the campgrounds. But I, I don't have that exact number, but I think it's close to 250, I think. Is that just in the lower? Or is that lower and upper? Um. I think that's lower and upper. Um, we have fewer in the upper area, and usually the upper area is populated by um, by tents. But, oh, man, yeah, don't quote me on the number. I think it's it may be up to 300. Um, so, so at one point, the Oregon Conference decided they were going to open up because when these fires in the level three evacuation zones, people had to evacuate their houses. People were losing their houses. Yes. I mean, people were in these fires, and so they had to get out and get out quick. And so what did the Oregon Conference, I mean, how long did it take them to decide, hey, let's open up these campgrounds to everybody? Yeah, I think that the decision was fairly quick. Um, I know that within the first... 24 hours, um, they were accepting campers in there. 
So this would be Wednesday the 9th when they started accepting campers. Tuesday was that that windstorm. Right. Um, So there were some quick decisions that were made. I am an employee of the conference, but I don't know how all those decisions were made. But it was fairly rapid. And at first, it was um, just on the hands, uh, on the shoulders of Andy uh, Villanueva, um, who has the disaster relief responsibilities. Um, But as this grew and grew and grew, it took a, a whole logistical effort that had to kind of go to the next level over the, the next few days. But at first, it was going to be a Red Cross effort. Um, and so Andy was on the phone figuring things out with the Red Cross, and the decision had been made to open up the campgrounds. But as you can imagine with these fires, uh, not just in Clackamas County, but down uh, close to Salem, Silverton, uh, the Red Cross in Oregon was just flooded with calls and with responsibilities. And so slowly it became apparent that, okay, this is something, if we're going to make this happen, we have to make it happen. Right, right. So yeah. that's when, okay, we needed to start making phone calls. We need to start reaching out to, to local volunteers, um, put the word out, um, get local pastors involved. But things happen very, very rapidly. And I think it's just such a huge testament of the possibilities that are on our hands if we just... Look for those opportunities and meet those needs. And I'm just so thankful, as you said, for the Oregon Conference leadership who decided to to take this on, to do this. Even though taking steps forward, it was like, well, I don't know how this is going to come together. But but it did. We're just going to do it. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I remember Laura Pasco was in on it, too, at the first, because she was yes. calling me. I was at the coast during this, and she's calling me and asking me to try to help. And and, and then I'm at the beach for the next couple of days. And, and so, and, and I'm really impressed because, you know, there's a lot of things that you could look at when, if you're the Oregon Conference, because anymore, it's like the lawyers run the show, right? You got to worry about everybody suing you. You got to worry about all yeah. kinds of different things. And, and all all kinds of hassles could arise but you know what I was so proud of is that they just they blew right past all that stuff and they stepped out in faith and said guess what we're just going to help people that's what we're going to do and yeah. so they opened up the the campgrounds for anybody I mean anybody that wanted to come in and yep. so you were part of the, the the whole thing at the first and and what did you see as people started to arrive yeah yeah so I started helping out directly on Thursday. And um, what I saw was just an overwhelming sense of relief. Mm. Um, Number one, they arrive and they're thinking, is there room for me here? They realize that there's room. Okay. So they're, they're happy about that. Then they find out that there are RV electrical sewer and water hookups. Wow, they're they're really excited about that. And then they find out that it is free. And I know I didn't see directly, but I've heard story after story of people arriving uh, in tears when they when they hear that they have a place to land, place to bed down, and that they they're gonna have their needs met while they're dealing with this this trauma and this chaos of the possibility of losing their home or them finding out that they've lost their home. So the people whom I've seen and whom I've I've heard about um, have just been so grateful and 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 really 
uh, surprised at what has been available to, to them here at the, the campgrounds. Yeah, I know. I talked to some people that had had to move to several different places. Um, first, yeah. they moved to a high school, and then they went from the high school to Clackamas Community College, and then they were kicked out of Clackamas Community College and moved down to the campgrounds, and all these places didn't have any hookups. So, right. you know, and some of these people, um, I they told me that somebody just knocked on their door and said, you got to go. And they had an hour to just hook up their trailer. And I don't know if you know anything about hooking up one of these big trailers, right? But it, some of these people are living in parks in these trailers. Some of these people have these things with the side of their house. They haven't used them since the last camping trip. I mean, yeah. it takes half a day to get ready to get a trailer to go, you know? And and these people have one hour just to put it all in and leave. And and so to get some of them didn't have time to put water in their their, yeah. their tanks. And so they were just, yeah, they seemed to be incredibly happy at full hookups. We were uniquely set up for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting hearing you say that because it paints the picture that, that they were in a, an extremely stressful situation. Mm, yeah. With the unknown and with scrambling to get out of there. Um, and then, yeah, to arrive and find out that uh, there are many needs that are going to be met. I can just imagine, you know, I've never been in this kind of urgent situation but for them to arrive and have have all those needs met i can imagine that okay here's a little piece of of peace yes uh and and comfort and assurance and that's when uh the uh the grief process might start or yes. when when the the uh, emotional impact hits yeah. 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 And, and yeah, there are a lot of them are in a tough place. I mean, just now, some of them have left at this point, And today is what, the 22nd is, is that we're yeah. talking today. Um, and, and I was seeing some of them because I was, I was doing some of the grief or the crisis counseling there. And, and yeah. for the most part, at first, people were in shock. Yeah. They were still in shock. Um, still trying to figure out what's going on, what's happening. Why am I here? Why? <laughs> and everybody's looking at their computers, trying to figure out, you know, where the red zone is and if it's going to move in. And, and all of yeah. us had to. I mean, every single one of us here in this county were, we were told we needed to pack and be ready to go. Yep. So we're all feeling this stress. So what an amazing thing for the people to have, just be able to breathe a sigh of relief. And yeah, and what a, what an amazing ministry. So, I mean, what did you hear as you talked to people, as as they talked about, did they thank you? Did they, I mean... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, my specific role has been coordinating volunteers. And so, mm -hmm. what I'm mainly hearing is uh, stories from what has happened beyond that first Thursday. Because I got pulled right in and, and I've been glad to help. But when it comes to the people that I have interacted with... Um, they've been, um, you know, the, the, that first day, first couple of days are, are very stressful, but then they've settled into kind of a rhythm of life there where they get two meals a day, uh, uh, lunch and, and, and dinner has been provided. Mm -hmm. And, um, they've also got, you know, the care team going around, uh, just connecting with them on a casual basis, not pushing anything. Right. And, and that, uh, let me just use that as a jumping off point to say, this has not been a, uh, an, a religious, quote unquote, religious event where we're, we're running religious programming. This is a service to people of all walks of life. And so we've made a point to not, not urge that. But, um, 
when it comes to the experience of people, they've, they've, they've all had different experiences with this. Some have totally lost their home. Some have been watching the maps closely and, and got to leave, leave um, early. And then some have been lingering there. And, and we've still got, I think there's 40 trailers there. We started with 160, 180, something like that. Um, but uh, Jim, what was your question? Because I went on a, a bunch of tangents there. <laughs> no, that's okay. And, and yeah. you know, because I guess I have been—I've uh, been on the care team, and yeah. and it's been—it's been a really neat experience because I took the crisis counseling courses. You know, <clears throat> I spent a couple weekends and I did online classes, and and uh, and I've been anxious to, to use what I've learned, and so I've been able to to be on the care team. And what I have noticed, and I guess the question was, is how did the the people, were they thanking you? How did they feel about it? And I guess I ask yeah. you that yeah, because yeah. because being on the care team, um, wow, people are just, they're just blown over by, by what the conference, what we're doing as volunteers there. I have never seen a more grateful group of people any time in my entire life. I mean, yeah. and I've been over to third world countries where they shower me with gratefulness. But but the, just to to be there and and these people were so stressed and everything was they were in such a panic. I mean, I remember because I went up to, as you know to help somebody move some of their stuff, right? And they they were in a level two, and I mean, I'm going towards the fire and it's it, the smoke and everything's going on, and then I get in the traffic coming back and it's. It took me hours to get back, and I'm thinking, "Wow, how close is that fire?" Right? Right. I mean, it it's stressful. Yeah. I mean, I was feeling that stress as I'm going towards the fire, looking at the traffic coming back. I'm wondering, <laughs> yeah, you know, am I going to get back out of here? And so this is what everybody's feeling, and everybody's wondering. And you yeah. you you hear those stories about Paradise, California, where the fire is moving so fast you can't get yeah. away from it, and you know we're we're just in this point of ignorance where we don't really know what's going on. And, and it's like the fog of war, right? Those first, those first reports, you know, nothing's really true. And so, so everybody's feeling this high tension, and to have that 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 we were able to offer people, wow, yeah, I never seen people so grateful in all my life. Yeah. It's just, it was incredible. And I guess that's, you know, and then we talk about the other volunteer, I mean, not volunteers, but the, the community. Um, so we yes. had to put up a sign, didn't we? Yeah, we had to finally put up a sign saying that we're not accepting donations because we were overwhelmed with donations. And and this is a point to, to, to dwell on here, that, that this was not just a, a Seventh-day Adventist effort. This was an effort, a combined effort with the, the local community. And so we had businesses step up and, and, and cater breakfast and cater lunch. We had the um, the Kona, I think it's the Kona ice truck. Right, yeah, yeah. Show up and um, they're giving out free slushies to everybody. And they're playing, you know, this this uh, tropical steel drum music, you know. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like a little little beacon of, of, uh, of joy, you know. And seeing the kids run up and the adults run up and, and, and get their, their slushy drinks. It was really, really cool. And then people coming in immediately that first day, donating blankets, donating food, donating necessities. And so we've had donation tables out. Um, that are still going because we've been so overwhelmed with that response, and there's still there's still stuff that's going out, even though we've said, you know, it was two days into it, I think. No more. No more donations. And there's still more and stuff that we can use. There's there's still yeah. more stuff that that came in those first few days. Right. And that's that's just a, a beautiful testament to 
the fact that there there are people when they they see an immediate need they just jump at it yes and they're they they dive right in hey what can i do to help and that's been something that i've been hearing over and over again coordinating volunteers and hearing from from other people in my network what can i do to help what kind of needs are there how can i donate um you know things like that and and that's been just awesome to see how people yeah. have dived right in. You know, I, I I wish I had all the the names of the businesses who, who contributed because um, there's a there's a whole bunch of local people who came in and helped. Well, I'll throw a plug out to Bhutan Thai, the Thai food restaurant that we ate yesterday. Hey. That's my favorite Thai food restaurant here in the local area, and they are fantastic. I mean, it's, <laughs> nice. it's not always easy for a vegetarian to find a good place to eat, and Bhutan <laughs> right. Thai is just, wow, those guys are good. And that's, you know, that kind of kind of brings me to another part of this is, you know, I go to that restaurant all the time, Bhutan Thai. And, and I've really never had, you know, they have the, their Buddhas and stuff there. And, and I've never really had a chance to, I've talked to them a little bit about what I do in different third world countries, but I've never had a really chance to talk to them about my Christian experience so much. That's just never come up. But now that they have worked with us, it gives me that opportunity. And, and kind of where I wanted to take this conversation is, is how is this giving us an opportunity during this time of coronavirus? We can't do our traditional revelation series. We can't do our traditional bridge events. I mean, there's just where we're, everything's online right now. Yeah. And so, you know, what we want to do with ministry, we're, we're stuck. We can't do what we normally do because so much of it is is one on one and and bringing groups together and, and it's social interaction. So. So how do you think God kind of put this together? Give us a chance to do ministry. Yeah, I think I think traditionally our model, our approach has been come here to where we are. Here's a program that you got to come to. Right. You don't want to miss it. You know, we send out we send out flyers. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. Um, that's that's an opportunity for people to make choices and to get exposed to to the scriptures and thing like things like that. But this um, COVID and and the, these fires have provided opportunities for us to meet people where they are, to to get up off the pew and 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 go to where the needs are. I don't remember who said it, but uh, years ago I heard a, a quote that was talking about um, you know praying praying for God to bless our efforts, mm-hmm. and. Um, and, and the quote has to do with um, not, not being so concerned about God blessing our efforts, but about us being a part of those things that God is already blessing. Oh, yeah. And, and so this has provided that opportunity. I mean, think of Jesus' ministry. He's out there meeting the practical needs of people. And, and with that, doors are open for conversation to go, go, go deeper. It's not a, a, a cold call or a, or a or knocking on the door and and um, or a flyer in the mailbox or a flyer in the mailbox it's it's uh real people and and us being real and 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 meeting their needs and that's how relationships are built and yeah. so um i'm hopeful that that those types of relationships would be fruitful in fact i did hear a story of um of a lady who who is wanting to know where to find a local Adventist church. Mm. She lives up uh, closer to Estacada, 
but she's wanting to find an Adventist church because she says, I've really connected with you well, and I really want to know what you're all about. Where can I go? And so those kind of doors right, open right. when you're meeting practical needs. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and we're meeting practical needs. As you said earlier, we, we aren't pushing religion on anybody. We're not pushing, right. you know, anything like that. And, 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 and we're doing the right thing just because it's the right thing to do. We're just right. being people that love people. Right. And, and that's where I'm watching people's eyes being open, saying, I didn't even know this area was down here. I didn't know anything about the Adventist. This is their exposure to the Adventist. Because if you go online, you know, or you, you go to an Ellen White hate site or whatever, you know, you're going to sure. learn some things about Adventists. Well, what you think about Adventist, right? But... But when when you meet the people and meet people helping, I, I mean, I just wow. I think as a as a ministry, what do you think about this as as we move forward? I mean, yeah, the fires aren't always going to be here, right? Um, but human need is is always there, and so I think that as church leaders, as church members, as Christians, we should figure out where the needs are and just go and serve. And it doesn't have to be a big um, a big thing with a lot of hoopla. Just just find a need and serve. And it's not until you serve and get out there and you're, you're meeting a need that you realize just how rewarding it is. Yeah. And and it's it's not just rewarding in the sense of um, I'm doing the right thing, although that's what we need to be doing. But it's rewarding in the sense that that you see that that you can make an impact in a person's life. You can make a difference in a person's life. You can serve them and and bring about their their quality of life, uh, bring it to a better place, or or give them some relief or whatever it may be. And and you see that okay, I can be used by God to make an actual difference in a person's life. And then let let's let the the um, the, the education of of what the scriptures say come after that. Um, you know, I think of touching base with. Uh, local community leaders, such as the mayor or the fire department or the police department or um, senior centers or um, any not local nonprofits, and just tapping into what the local needs are and and seeing what you can do to, to go and, and contribute. And it's not like we as Adventists have to go and reinvent the wheel and do our own thing over here, but why not partner with others like what happened here, the, the campgrounds down here, we, we had all sorts of people from all walks of life collaborating and just meeting real needs. I think, I think that God uses that and blesses that because I've seen it. I've experienced it. Yeah. Yeah. And and it is like, we're going to meet the needs of people so you can join our church. Right. That's important. Yeah. We've got to be so, I mean, we've got to be doing this for the right reason. We've got to be meeting the needs of people because we love people because we want to meet your needs, not because I want you to join my church. So if I meet your need, I expect you something out of you. Right. Right. Or I'm not going to do this because we're not handing out flyers to our, our church thing. Right. Know? Yeah. It's that's not what it's about. It's about uh showing God's love in a practical way. Just just showing God's love and then letting God work from there because I'm telling yeah. you it's 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 a tougher and tougher world and it's more and more secular world out there and and people are looking for a hook, right? Yeah. They're looking for you to to want something back because yeah. nobody gives it. There's no free lunch, right? Right. They're, 
is a free lunch, right? <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. when when you're genuinely working for the for the savior, you're not expecting anything out of it. I mean, people may, you know, Bhutan Thai may go back and, and worship Buddha and or whatever they're doing over there, and 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 that's none of my business. My business right. is just to be part of them and, and build a relationship with them. That's all I'm expected to do. God's doing the rest of it. Yeah. So, wow. I, I think that, you know, I'm, as I said, I'm so proud of the Oregon Conference and the leadership there for, for what they're doing right now. And, and I'm not an employee, so I have no reason to butter them up. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and Nate's just a lowly pastor. Right. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I'm so proud of what they're, what they did through this. And I just think that it, God just opened up this, this huge door of understanding of how we can, how we can help people. And, and we know. I mean, we don't know where we're at in Earth's history. We don't know where we're at. And and I'm not a guy holding a big sign saying the world is coming to an end. But we do know as the world starts to wind down that, that more and more stuff like this is going to happen. Yeah. And as more and more stuff like this happens, this is our opportunity to show, to be Jesus. Yes. This yeah. is that opportunity to be Jesus, to be the church, and just help people, and then watch what the Holy Spirit does with that. Because people are looking right now. Right. Right. I mean, it's a, it's a people are, it's a tough year. 2020 is just a tough year. Yeah. And people are looking for, for hope. They're looking for human connection. Um, and those aren't, aren't necessarily things that you can find at a click of the button right know, on the internet. Um, so I would, <clears throat> I would challenge the listeners right now. You know, I hear people say, well, I don't know what I'm called to do. I don't know what my spiritual gifts are. You know, I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know even know what my strengths are. Um, I would challenge you to just find a need and serve and watch what God does with that. And in the process of doing that, you're going to discover what God has made you to do. He's called us all to serve. Right. Yeah. And and as we serve, we figure out, hey, I'm I'm passionate about this or I'm good at that. And and God's going to bless you in the in the serving and God's going to bless others through you. So I would I would challenge any listener to just find a need and meet it. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Hey, I think that is a great place to stop. Thank you, Pastor Nate, oh, my for pleasure. joining me again. And then, uh, yeah, look forward to, to more of these podcasts. Pastor Nate and I are, are looking at another one we're going to do. We've been brainstorming about it, and so we'll we'll bring that up a, a little later as we uh, get it figured out exactly what we're going to do. But I want to just encourage everybody here to, to, to like and share this if they want, and to... Um, to, to become a, a subscriber of this podcast and and call me or email me at ultimatemission1 at gmail.com and let me know what kind of ministry you're involved with and maybe we'll have you on and you can tell us what you're doing as well. We're always looking for new ways and, and, and new ways that God is blessing people doing ministry. So thank you very much. God bless and have a wonderful, wonderful day. <music>